We are joined today by Jasper Van Breckel, the CEO of RSF Social Finance. Glad to have you join us, Jasper. How are you? Thank you, Munira, for having me. Um, I'm doing great today. How about you? I'm also doing great um, and excited to learn more about regenerative finance and about your work. Um, before we get started on that, though, let's uh, let's learn about, about yourself, about Jasper Van Breckel. Where did you grow up? What kind of work was your family involved in? And, and what were some of your interests in school? Hmm. Thank you for that. So I grew up in the Netherlands um, and one of my um, passions in school was actually acting theater. And um, I, I really loved um, acting and playing in, in, in several plays while in school, also in musical, um, in several musicals. And, um, you know, after graduating, I decided I wanted to become an economist um, and um, help change the world really from the, the business um, side. And I then proceeded um, to do some traditional consulting in Europe. Um, after a couple of years, moved to the south of Germany, where I took up a job with a, an, an impact first um, organic skincare company um, and worked for them first in finance, then in marketing and sales. And they ultimately sent me overseas to New York to lead their North American operations. You know, a few years into that, um, felt an urge to go back to school. Um, so I, I completed a, a, a general management program at that time. And um, fast forward ever after about seven years of holding that, uh, that position with Waleda, the skincare company in several um, European countries also, and sitting on the global leadership team in Switzerland, I really felt um, a, a strong motivation to support social enterprises in finding values like capital. That really became my, my guiding star, if you will, making sure that those entrepreneurs that are out there doing the work and making a difference have the kind of capital and investments and investors that actually want the same things. And um, that's when I shifted back to finance and um, joined a family office, spent some time in private equity um, and really supporting um, boards and supporting CEOs and founders um, before joining the, the team at RSF in San Francisco. So we made the move across country about four and a half years ago. and. Um, yeah, I'm now really excited to be working at RSF Social Finance, making a difference by putting money in the hands of the change makers. That's amazing. And I actually didn't know that you were at Woleda because I love their product, Skin Food. I'm sure you know that it has a cult following here in the States. Totally. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I'm, I'm just one of those people that gets dry skin quite easily. So that's been a game changer for me. So interesting to know that. <laughs> um, I... Uh, so you said that RSF is something you joined, you joined them in for four years ago and you yeah. moved to the Bay Area. Um, mm -hmm. And was that a concept that regenerative, the co regenerative finance concept for those who are not familiar? I mean, let's just ask right away. What, what is the easiest way to describe regenerative finance? So regenerative finance, in, in, in my view, in our view, is using money as a tool. That's the, the, the easiest 
summary. So rather than viewing money as the goal, it's a tool and the, the, the goal is regeneration of communities and planet. That makes sense. Um, and why would you say, how is it needed? How, what does it solve that traditional financial models do not? Yeah, well, you know, traditional finance and, uh, you know, to some extent, I, I was, you know, uh, I, I grew up in, in an environment as an economist in, in which money was also viewed as a goal, not necessarily, you know, in, in the family I grew up in, but definitely in the environment where, you know, making money is a goal and the, the, the goal of a company is to maximize shareholder value, to maximize prop, profits. Um, while providing some kind of value to the customers. And the, the whole concept of regenerative economics, which was uh, primarily coined by John Fullerton seven, eight years ago, really talks about, well, how can we build an economy that is regenerative in nature rather than extractive in nature? And what, what we developed at RSF Social Finance is this concept of regenerative finance that is the kind of, of funding and the kind of finance that supports the entrepreneurs and the enterprises that are building this regenerative economy. Um, so the, the concept didn't exist a, a few years ago, at least the, the phrase had not been coined um, this way. It's really something that, um, that we hope many investors, um, bankers, funders will embrace the whole idea of money is a tool and money, the, the question is, what do you want it to do? Um, but rather than only viewing money as an outcome, um, we really want to invite everybody to view it as a tool. And of course, for us at RSF, it's a tool to support entrepreneurs and, um, and nonprofits so that they can perform their mission. And I, I want to just make one comment because it's, it's a common misunderstanding. So sure. when I say money is a tool, I'm not saying that making money is a bad thing. It's, it's not bad at all. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's, it's, it's even highly necessary, right? Um, everybody needs to make money. Companies need to make money so that they can reinvest, so that they can compensate right um their employees their investors and everybody so it, that's really important but to see it as the end all be all that is really not the way we view it and um actually one of of the um inspiring um people in in my life who who helped me kind of get to this concept uh, was john mackey at at whole foods market and i know they're you know, there's also some controversial, um, um, you know, some controversy around him. But mm -hmm. what really resonated with me was uh, when he said, ask anybody with any profession what their what their goal is and why they're doing what they're doing. Right. And a, a nurse might say, I, I help patients so that they get better. And a teacher might say, well, I help teach kids how to be resilient and and knowledgeable um, human beings in, in, who, who function well in this society. And then you ask a business person and they say, my goal is to make money, you know? And th that's right. not, th this is to say that that is not the goal. That's not what it's about. That's what you need to do so that you can do your job, mm -hmm. um, but it's not the end all be all. 
Right. Thank you for that. Um, how would you say that regenerative finance can be or has been used to improve our food system and maybe other areas of our economy that you've already seen? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so, you know, talking about regenerative finance in, in that context, especially around the food system. So um, regenerative agriculture and building uh, resilient food systems is definitely something that's getting a lot of traction. Um, uh, recent articles also in the New York Times and out in the press really illustrate that um, that regenerative agriculture is high on the agenda also um, of the current administration and um, significant amounts of money are, are going there. What um, regenerative food and agriculture basically does is saying, how can we grow healthy food while not depleting the soil and right. um, and also in such a way that it contributes to climate change mitigation rather than further extracting from the planet in a way that actually exacerbates climate, um, climate change. So if the, the, the concept of regenerative food and agriculture, mm -hmm. I think is relatively easy to grasp. And then where regenerative finance comes into play is, well, how do these farms and, and brands and companies need to be funded that are building a regenerative food system? And if the investors that are investing in the regenerative food system only care about one thing, namely the bottom line, you know, um, uh, financial outcome at the end, then there's a misalignment of, of motives. Mm -hmm. So what, where, where we have at RSF Social Finance um, really been able to play a role and, and will continue to play a role is by putting capital in the hands of, um, of these entrepreneurs that is aligned in its intentions and motivations and mission with what these entrepreneurs are trying to do. And of course, um, uh, compensation for providing that capital is important. In the case of RSF, that's mostly um, as a loan, as debt. Um, but you know, we we partner with several impact-focused investors also that um, that provide equity capital to those companies. And again, the the, the artificial timeline of um, of most VC and PE funds is just not aligned with what these companies are trying to do. So if you really believe in the mission, then making sure that the capital is aligned in its motives and values and its mission um, is a key to success. Great. Um, what would you say, I mean, how would it look in practice? And would you be able to share some real world examples of that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what one, one example that I can think of is um, it's, it's a company that um, sources herbs um, mainly from India um, and sells them in the United States. And um, the, the interesting um, industry of, um, uh, of herbs is that there's lots of middlemen you know, literally men usually, but <laughs> lot, lots of middlemen who take significant um, portions of the margins of the people who actually grow um, those spices and herbs um, in, uh, in a country like India. And um, 
that is also because it's really hard for the individual farmers or for the individual collectors of the herbs and spices, who, by the way, are oftentimes women, for them, it's really hard to get a loan or to grow their business or to build an aggregator, to, to build a brand, etc. So we provided a loan um, to a company that has cut out all those middlemen and that is building a brand or that has built a brand um, that sells herbs and spices um, while making sure that a majority of that revenue actually lands in the pockets of the people who grow the herbs and spices back in India. Wow. And um, so it's a, it's a beautiful mission for which mm -hmm. we at RSF, of course, um, take no credit. That's not our work. That's their work. But then the question is, what kind of funding, what kind of financing um, is the right fit for this kind of company and the, the things that we are able to offer, again, including loans, um, but um, in some instances also smaller recoverable grants or loan guarantees through partnerships, um, equity investments. Um, we really look at the entire picture and look at what does this enterprise need? What is the right fit in terms of funding, looking at their supply chain, looking at their business model. Um, so it really becomes more of a partnership that supports the mission um, of this company rather than uh, for us to you know, basically say, this is our menu and choose mm. your item and then we'll you know, draw up the documents and, um, and be done with it. So th that's one example in which um, regenerative finance or you know this concept that we call integrated capital of different forms of financial and non-financial capital mm -hmm. that they can really support an enterprise um, so that they they can grow they can um, have the environmental and community impact um, that that they strive for mm -hmm. um, and um, and have the right fit capital so that they can do that well great um, may I ask, like, what are some examples of funders that use regenerative finance? Yeah, well, it, it's um, so, so absolutely. I mean, there, there are banks, um, including, for instance, Beneficial State Bank, Amalgamated Bank, Climate First Bank out of Florida, um, Walden Mutual Bank in New England, um, that are really embracing this concept and really working um, uh, in, in, in that same direction. Um, there's um, a, a group of bank called, uh, banks called the Global Alliance for Banking on Values. Um, that's definitely a, worth a Google search and you'll find a, a longer list of banks that are really doing this work um, um, towards regenerative finance. In terms of equity funding, um, there's mostly family offices um, that are interested in this type of funding, mm -hmm. um, also because they, you know, they, they have a longer planning um, horizon, if you will. They they can provide more patient capital, more long term capital, um, and um, certainly there are also impact funds. One that. Um, that I really appreciate um, and have been following is uh, was founded by the Purpose Foundation here in the United States, Purpose Evergreen Capital. Um, that's also focused on supporting companies to um, 
shift their ownership and governance structure so that they can um, can be really focused on on regeneration. That's a, a different topic, maybe for a different podcast. Sure. <laughs> uh, this this ownership and governance um, um, uh, conversation, but that is one. Um, as I said, several family offices um, that, um, that that do this type of financing. And then there are also individuals who um, who invest in companies directly um, that are really interested in in this. And most notably, one company that that RSF provided a significant loan to several years ago, organically mm -hmm. grown company out of um, the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. um, they were able to raise um, equity, significant amount of equity, really through a wealth advisor who um, was able to put this in front of a number of individuals who were really excited to, to be part of, of, of a mission of building a healthier and more resilient um, regional food system in the Pacific Northwest and who are fine with a single digit financial return and a relatively low risk on their investment and who don't need a 20, 30, 40% return on investment um, on their on their equity investment. So that's also a really interesting model of building syndicates of, of small um, individual investors who are interested in, in funding this new economy. Great. How would you say that regenerative finance helps further racial justice uh, or how it would be um, helpful and beneficial to other historically disadvantaged groups. Thank you. So racial justice and, and social justice and the, the planetary emergency aren't just linked and there's a causality there. And I'm, I'm loosely quoting Paul Hawken from his new book um, or latest book, Regeneration, when I'm saying that um, injustice is the cause for this planetary um, emergency and for climate change. And it, it, it all has to do with the mentality of extraction. And this is the case in, in, in racial justice, the fact that um, what we are where we are, you know, in terms of the, the, the injustices, the, the inequality, the, the, the ingrained um, biases, um, uh, towards uh, black indigenous people of color um, but there's also the gender bias the gender lens um, um, uh, justice um, topic of course and th they're, they're all interconnected so how does regenerative finance um, support racial justice or further racial justice that's because it um, is trying to not be extractive, right? The mm -hmm. goal is to not be extractive, to not pull as much as you can from whoever you can, which is the whole problem in the first place. Right. So I'm not gonna say that, that regenerative finance is gonna solve the, the systemic racial injustices that we have in this country and, and beyond, um, but it models a different way of working together and, and it models a different way of working with money that is rooted in collaboration and compassion, if you will, right. rather than in extraction and competition. Wonderful. Um, could we pivot a little to employee-owned companies and the relationship there with regenerative finance and 
how the model exists within that framework. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, employee um, companies, um, I think it's a really important step um, towards a more regenerative model of ownership of, of community wealth building, which is, of course, very much connected to the previous topic of racial justice. Um, and it, it models or it can model in a beautiful way how a company can be owned and governed by itself, right, rather than by anonymous outside um, investors who only care about one thing, namely the financial return that they make in the end, and they don't really care about how that's done or who um, uh, is being impacted by it. Mm -hmm. So employee ownership, I think, is a step um, on the way. However, it can also derail in a company becoming the cash cow for the employees. And then we have just moved the power basically from one group, namely the shareholders, right. who use the company to pull as much out of it for themselves mm -hmm. to another group, which could be the employees that pull as much value out of the company to benefit them individually, personally. Um, that, that's certainly not the case for the majority of employee-owned uh, companies, but it's it's a risk. And so what, what, what I would like to invite is thinking how we can expand that thinking to be more inclusive and to be inclusive of the employees, to be inclusive of the shareholders, mm -hmm. um, you know, assuming that, that, that there are outside shareholders, also to be inclusive of um, suppliers, of partners in the supply chain of a company. Um, and so, so that we get to a model where there's a stakeholder um, governance mm -hmm. and um, where the economic ownership of the company by the shareholders is not the only voice in the room that makes all the decisions. So that, again, there's, there's a more inclusive, collaborative model <clears throat> of governing companies. I don't view this as a democratic model. Um, that um, invariably also leads to issues, but there are lots of examples, really great examples of, of companies, large and small, who have embraced this kind of governance that decouples the economic ownership, i.e. the voting rights um, mm -hmm. from the, um, or the, I mean, the, the economic ownership, i.e. The, the shareholders from the voting rights. And um, the voting rights can be put in the hands of a board that's not only held to maximizing shareholder value, but that can be held accountable to, you know, maximizing the mission or optimizing the mission of the company and serving all of its stakeholders, including the shareholders. And th this, for me, is really a way how regenerative finance um, can pave um, a path towards an inclusive economy. Right. It's, it's the G in the ESG. Um, mm -hmm. If we want different environmental and social outcomes, we have to address the governance and we have to address what does it mean to own something? And this whole concept of ownership is, is something that I invite your listeners to think about. What does it mean to own something? You know, mm -hmm. I own a company. Really? Is that, you know, is, does that make sense? 
Mm-hmm. Um, what, what does that entitle me to do? And how is that connected? This whole sense of, of owning um, uh, organizations, owning land, um, how's that connected to this extractive economy um, whose impact we, we now sense? And again, this, this is not a romantic idea, right? This is right. not a, an, an, an idea to create kind of philanthropic companies um, the question is, how do we create and, and support companies that are thriving, that are already doing really well, and to make sure that they have a path to liquidity for the founders, for the shareholders, while maintaining um, real loyalty to the mission and the aspiration um, that is a magnet to its customers and to its talent, and that's going to guarantee future success for these businesses. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, I think we covered so much and we could easily do, as you mentioned, another podcast um, to further illuminate uh, other um, adjacent um, topics, but I would love to hear any closing thoughts you might have for our audience. Well, I so enjoyed this conversation with you, Monira, and um, it's, it's been a real pleasure. And I, you know, my, my closing comment would be, if there's one thing that I hope the audience remembers from this conversation is that let's look at money as if it were a tool and a tool in the toolbox. And what do we want to do with it? That, that's the, the, the key question um, that I hope the audience will take up and we'll just think about a few times in the next few days. What if money were a tool and what what would I want it to do? What could it do in um, in this world? Um, I think that that's going to help us um, on this path of creating a regenerative world in, in which companies prosper, in which shareholders, employees, communities uh, prosper and also the planet can can start healing.